over. Thanks, everybody, for bidding. We're going to take just two more minutes, and we'll start here. All right. I think we're going to get started here. Thanks, everybody, for joining us this morning. I feel like I haven't seen you guys in a very long time. And I'm looking forward to going to in-person gatherings more frequently in the new year. Good to go. Your mic wasn't on in the bathroom, so you... I double-checked the light many times. Hello, everybody. All right. This mic is like the worst part of preaching because I feel like I can never get it right. So can everyone hear me? All right, guys. So it is good to actually be with you. I think the last time I spoke actually was um, on a video in the summertime. (laughs) So that's just not the same rather than seeing your guys' half half face. (laughs) Uh, It's good to see your eyes and your bodies and everything. It's so good to be here finally. Um, And then, of course, what happens is when I get to speak, um, Andrew tells me it's on love. And love is such a common word. Um, Love is, uh, I could go a thousand different ways with love. He actually made a joke at one point and was like, do you need a verse, Katie, um, for love? Because Literally, as believers, we, it's right in our mission statement to live in love like Jesus. There's something special about love when we are believers. Um, there's four different kinds of love. Um, we can see there, we, I could talk about the difference between the world's love and God's love. Um, love affects your body, your physical body. They say when you're hanging out with a person and you're in love with them that your heartbeats can actually get synchronized. Um, who knows where I'm going to go with this today? Um, And then on top of it all, Andrew asked a pregnant woman who loves Jesus to talk about a pregnant woman who had Jesus. So everything's up in the air today of how this might go. Um, But if you do want to, if you have your Bibles, um, it is, we're going to talk about Luke 2. Uh, Luke 2, and what's really interesting is after I tell you the verse I chose out of... (laughs) all the verses I could have chose in the Bible, uh, you'll probably be like, Andrew, why didn't you give her a verse? Um, But yeah, it is exciting to be here. Guys, the music was just on point today. So good. So good. Um, So we get to talk about Christmas um, today. And uh, I'm going to speak to you from Luke chapter 2 from one verse. One verse, okay? Okay. This is what it says, Luke chapter 2, verse 7. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Everyone's like, where was love? Did you say the word love, Katie? Let me just read it again. We, we hear it all the time. Um, but think about this. This is the verse where B.C., all the numbers before B.C. became A.D. It's a pivotal moment in history, and it happens in this verse, okay? And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Today, what I want to talk to you about is, is this Christmas season, 
what do we see all the time? We see nativity scenes, right? I'm sure you might have two or three in your house. Um, wherever we go, we can see them on lawns. We see that, that beautiful manger with the wise men and Mary and Joseph and the little baby Jesus. I don't know if it happens at your house or not, but our baby Jesus goes missing all the time because <laughs> our kids love to play with baby Jesus. Um, and it, became, it becomes so ordinary, but I want to put it in a different way. It becomes so extraordinary to us that it becomes ordinary again. Right? We almost see it so much that we forget that this ordinary verse that says, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, is actually extraordinary. But it happened in a mundane moment. And today what I want to talk to you is that that's how God's love is going to work in your life and in other people's lives. Because ordinary is all around us. We feel ordinary ourselves, but it's not about who we are. It's about who he is And he's the extraordinary one. And this is how his love works. So the first thing, the first thing it says is what? And she gave birth. So Jesus decides to come um, down to earth as a helpless babe. And who who does he choose? Mary. Right? He chooses Mary and Joseph. And we forget about this ordinary scene. We have this woman who's probably thinking about how her life's going to change because she's getting married to Joseph. It's a set-up marriage. Um, We can a lot of times feel like Mary is way more favored than we are. (laughs) She was extraordinary. That's why God chose her, but that is not true. She was ordinary, but God saw and said, I can do something extraordinary through this woman, right? We forget on that night It seems extraordinary that like, whoa, the Messiah came. But do you know what it was? It was a sweaty woman in a barn, tired, who just had a baby, who held her baby exhausted, but so happy and laid him in a manger, not this big throne or anything. It was just a quiet moment, maybe not so quiet with the cows and the sheep, but it was just this ordinary moment. And so many times we forget that God wants to work in the mundane. That's how his love works, right? That's how his love works is that he works in the ordinary because he makes it extraordinary. But, but do, we, do we actually believe that? Do we believe it enough that we'll allow the extraordinary to interrupt us? The extraordinary for Mary was his angel that, that comes down in, in front of her and says, uh, hey, Mary, you're, you're going to get pregnant with the Holy, by the Holy Spirit and have Jesus. That's the extraordinary part. And she, her life got interrupted. Do you think that was an interruption for Joseph? Right? I'm pretty sure if I went to Joel before we married, I was like, uh, honey, I'm pregnant by the Holy Spirit. He'd be like, mm-hmm. Right, Katie. Right? I'm pretty sure if I had gone to my friends, they're like, I'm pretty sure Joel's name isn't the Holy Spirit, Katie. You know, like, it interrupted their lives. But the thing is, is when you actually believe in God's love, you'll allow it. You hear that? If you actually believe in God's love, 
you will allow the interruption of this extraordinary thing that comes, and it might not make sense, but love is the foundation of it all. See, the thing is, is that many of us can focus on the ordinary part and be like, I have nothing to give. But actually, you don't have to worry about that. Do you know why, why he came to this earth? Why, why did he even become a baby? It was because he created you. He loves you. And you can, you can say whatever you want about yourself, but listen to me. He still loves you. He still loves you. He made you. He knows everything about you. And what I love about this is this has continually changes my life. Because he says in John about how I'm the shepherd. I know my sheep and they know me. And that it should be one of the foundational, most comforting things as a believer in your life, that he knows you and he still loves you. I believe it with every part of my being that he loves you so much that you're not here just to have a comfortable life. You're not here and maybe you feel like, oh, I'm done. You're, not, you're here for a purpose, for a destiny. He has called you to something so much bigger than yourself. And that can feel like a lot. But then the truth is, it's not because the pressure's on him. He's the extraordinary one, right? He's the one that's going to come to you and say, are you willing to be in obedience? Are you willing to believe I love you enough that I have a vision even bigger than you can imagine? Right? Shouldn't that be exciting to us? Yeah? So if we, we, we often think about this of how we can love others as believers, and we, th- we go by how can they know his love, right? That's what we say, like, how can this person know his love? But one thing that God teaches us by who he chose and choosing this mundane moment in a manger is this, is that we think they need to know him, but we need to act known, There are so many of us that are insecure. There's so many of us um, that we've, we have all these things that we, our narrative, our story has so much involved with it that we act out of that. We act out of our, actually we do act out of our non-conscious of, of our story behind. We act out of that. We respond to situations and to people from who we are in the inside. And it gets all mixed up right? We respond ways we shouldn't respond, right? We decide that we should go away because we think we really trust ourselves. And in the meantime, what can ground us and what people actually need in order to see God's love is to see a bunch of believers acting and knowing that they are loved, right? Because that will humble us and that will help us for the extraordinary to do something with their lives so they're not looking at our love, They're looking at his love. Does that make sense? Are you with me? Make some noises because all I hear is, all I see is um, mass, so I can't tell if you guys are scowling at me or making faces. Some of you probably are just making faces right now just to prove a point. Okay, so let's keep going. So he unexpectedly chooses the mundane, and this is one that like, 
It's so Jesus. <clears throat> so it says this, she gave birth to her firstborn son. So how did Jesus come? This firstborn son gave birth, so it's a what? A newborn baby. Helpless. This is not the way that the world would cause a rescue scene. It's definitely not how Marvel would have make a movie about saving people, rescuing. He, he's not presenting himself as, as Hercules. He's not presenting himself as this hero. What does he do? He comes as a babe, as a helpless babe. Actually, not only that, but Herod, who is threatened by this, this um, babe, is coming so that it's even in a threatening situation. What's a baby going to do if someone hates him? Right? There's, there's so much going on, but he still chooses to come as a baby. And this is the thing about God's love is this. He unexpectedly was the one who changed. Do you hear that? He unexpectedly was the one who changed. So he created us. And he loves us. And we screwed up. And we're like, oh. He's like, how are we going to fix this plan? And instead of saying, oh, you guys got to change some of the actions you're doing here, what does he say? I'm going to take a whole different form. How many of you guys have seen Chronicles of Narnia? Yeah, some of you maybe have read it. Some of you maybe have seen it. This, this um, picture just keeps coming back to me in, in the video where Edmund, you know, he was not the greatest brother. And so the witch comes up to Aslan, who is the God figure, and says, um, you know, Edmund, he's mine now by the law, right? And so they have this interaction. And I love this, this one of my favorite parts um, is when the witch is like, listen, you know... You know what the law says. The law says he's mine. And what does Aslan say? Have you forgotten? Because she says, she says to Aslan, have you forgotten the laws that was built? Because that's the, th- the consequence of sin, right? The consequence of, of who we are and, and how we act means we do need a rescuer. And this is what Aslan cites to her, do not cite the deep magic to me, which I was there when it was written. Do you know why that's so powerful? Because he didn't have to change form. Do you understand that? He was there. He's the creator. He was there when, when things came to be of how the world works, right? If anyone shouldn't change It shouldn't have to be God, the creator, the almighty, the extraordinary. If anything, his people whom he created should realize and change for him. But the first step was what? I'll change. I'll change for them. That's what love does, right? Love looks at a situation and instead of putting it on the person says, all right, I must be missing something. And it was the baby coming in a manger that changed the whole perspective of who God was. It changed how much he loved us. 
and it made people realize. I mean, the, the shepherds came and they were just amazed at like, whoa, he, he, really, he really did it. He's really here. Right? And there's so many times that we can, we can change that. Um, it's, it's typical example would be um, the marriage, a marriage, how someone can come to a counselor and be like, it's, it's his problems. Look, he's doing this and that and this. But what happens is you have to look at yourself first, right? And it's a really simple, easy principle, but we forget about it all the time. Because in our heads, we're like, you don't know, Katie. You don't know. You don't know what has been happening to me. You don't know what has been happening in the situation. You don't know how I feel. But that's the thing is that God wants to take that love and unexpectedly do things in you. And when he does things in you and he changes that, that's what makes people look and say, maybe there's something something onto this. Maybe I should change. And I want some of that. Because that's, is that not why we follow Jesus? Like, isn't that how actually people change is transformation is a, is a believer's word, is it not? We change because we serve a God who can change us. I remember still walking down the road. I might have been maybe nine or ten. And I was thinking about my dad who was, um, he got diagnosed with MS when he was, um, when I had been born. And I remember just always hearing that they had taken him to healing services. They had done everything. They had done everything to try to get dad healed. And my mom and dad were so at peace that dad was not going to be healed. And I remember walking down the road and thinking, I don't get it. Like, I, I feel like I should, I should be mad and angry and I should want his healing more. But why, why, what's going on here? And do you know what it was? It's because God had shown me through so many different events in my life and through my family's life that he loved my father more than my mother could love him, which is crazy because they, they were two lovebirds. Like, he loved dad so much, and he loved mom so much, and he loved me so much that it caused a trust in me, even as a little girl, to say, okay, so maybe the perspective isn't that, like, I need healing. Maybe you're going to do some crazy, extraordinary things through this sickness. But the only reason my perspective was changed was because of that love. And it was a foundational thing for me as a kid. And as I continued to grow and continued to, to learn how much more he loves me and loves others, that is what has changed my relationships. It's what's changed situations in front of me. Love is this beautiful, beautiful thing um, that should change us. And you're never done being changed. Have you been changed lately? Has God something, done something in your life where you're like, didn't see that coming? Because what are we doing, right? That's where the excitement comes in of where we start to believe in God's love even more because we're like, whoa, I, can, I know this within me. That's changed me, right? 
We think we need to be open and changed by our love, but we need to be open and changed by his love. And here's the last one. Here's the last one, number three. So what does it say? She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in claws and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. So not only does he come as a helpless babe, not only does he come in this ordinary situation, but then also there's no room for him. There's no room for the Messiah. But the thing is, he makes room, right? Where does he make the room? He makes the room in the manger. And that's the thing is that with God, God's love, he makes room where there's no room. You have to believe this. The thing is, is that Emmanuel, the babe coming, actually means he is with us. So if there's anything you guys can hear today, this is the last point, and I feel like this is the one that God gave, just like continually pushed on me time and time again as I came back to this text. You cannot separate love from anything. It's okay, it's my baby. (laughs) He's fine. (laughs) You cannot separate love from anything. Now listen to me. We do this. We do this. Okay? So he says, you can't, Emmanuel means he is with us and God is love. Okay? So you can't separate him from you. And because of that, because he's love, you cannot separate love from anything. It's that classic, love will find a way. But he is the way. (laughs) Right? There can be different things to say, well, he's the way, this is the way. He is the way, and you cannot separate. Listen, the Advent, what do we have? We just went through all the Advents, right? We have hope, love, joy, peace, and some other traditions. There's faith. So just stay with me, and we're almost done, okay? Listen to me. We have this moment where where he's born, okay? Remember, it switches from B.C. to A.D. He's born. This is how he shows he loves us, okay? He's like, this is the ultimate faithfulness. I'm going to show you I love you, that I'm going to come and be your rescuer. Hope that we talked about was here, right? Hope was he's, there's a Messiah coming. There's a Messiah coming, right? There's a Messiah coming. Hope is believing that this baby was going to be born or that this rescuer was going to come. So then you have him being born. Then you have what? He dies. What we're going to go through right now is called the gospel. So he dies, right, for you and for me. So he shows his faith of, I'm not going anywhere. I'm here to stay. I'm going to see this through. Then there's the resurrection, right, which is the advent of joy, right? He comes back to life, like blowing our mind like, whoa, he came, overcame death for you. There is no obstacle in your way now. And then he ascends, right? So he's like, I'm going to go and I'm going to prepare a place for you and I'm going to come back. So there's, he leaves us with this peace of, listen, you're not alone. You hold on to this peace. I'm coming back. So all we have is all these advents, hope, love, joy, peace, and faith. 
but all of them are rooted. They could not have been done. You couldn't have hoped for Jesus to come if he hadn't been born. He couldn't have died, he couldn't have resurrected, and he couldn't have ascended unless he was born. This is crucial. He had to come as a helpless babe. He had to come to the earth, so it's rooted all in love, and we separate it all the time from different principles as believers. Look at this. Every word I'm going to say is from Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13 is what? The love chapter, right? Love is patient, it's kind, it hopes, it never envies, it trusts, it's not self-seeking, it protects, it's kind, it's truthful, it's not proud, it doesn't delight in evil, all these things, right? But listen how we separate them from love. This literally is the definition of love, and we separate them. Listen. Sometimes we, we think we need to persevere through this situation, so what do we do? We start to run over people, and we push emotions down to get to the end, and we forget there's patience and perseverance. We start to hope for things, like, oh, things will change, things will change, and then we start to look at other people around us, and we start to envy Hope doesn't envy. We start to trust. We want to earn people's trust. And we realize sometimes when we're starting to earn people's trust, we're like, no, you can tell me. That sometimes then all of a sudden we realize we're self-seeking. We really just want to know what's going on. But love's not self-seeking. We want to protect. The good example of this is like a mama bear. Good example of this the other day was auntie bear. Something happened to my niece, and I was just like, whoa, not okay. But we forget when we're protecting that love is also kind. Right? Truth. We're after truth because God's word is truth. But all of a sudden, we can take that knowledge because we start to learn so much, and all of a sudden, we get proud, and we we get entitled. But guess what? Love's not proud. And last but not least, this is an easy one that we get caught up in all the time because we're all about justice lately, right? Love doesn't delight in evil, but guess what? Love is still kind. Do you see how we get it out of balance all the time as believers? We choose one of these, which they're all love. They're all definitions of love, but we choose one and we go that way a little bit harder. And do you know who's the perfect balance of this? It's Jesus Christ. He is so good at it. You can see it through the Gospels. He knows when he needs to tell somebody, "Mm, you don't really want to follow me, go home. He knows when he has to tell somebody, get up and walk. You know, he, he knows when he has to scold his disciples. But in all of that, it's because he knows them. He loves them. That is the ultimate purpose. He looks at a person and says, I love you so much that I see things that you can't even see because you are so important to me. And what would happen if we would start looking at ourselves in that way, that God loves you so much that we're not going to let culture dictate to us what our life is going to look like, that we're not going to, because the love... There's so many definitions of love. We're not going to get them confused with how Christ would love a person. That we're not going to have a short-term vision over somebody's life 
and think, well, this is a situation, so this is what I need to tell them, that we learn that we cannot separate anything from love. And the source of love is Jesus Christ, so that means we run everything through him, right? What would it look like for us? I mean, our vision is to live and love like Jesus, and with that, there has to, to come a faith thing in this, guys. We have to start to believe it enough that we're like, I don't know if this is going to work, but this is scripture, this is how God loves Let's see how that works. And that's going to mean that you're going to have to do unexpected actions. Maybe say unexpected things. You're going to need your life interrupted. And it's not going to be because you're going to go out and do this crazy, crazy thing. It's because God is going to meet you in that ordinary moment. And change that ordinary moment into something so much bigger. Because he loves you and he loves the people around you enough to say, would you let me work through you? It's, uh, it's interesting how through it all, it's love that has all these crazy stories. I even was talking to my mom the other day. Uh, she lives with me, and she's a very wise woman, and she was talking about her years of ministry, and I was just talking about love, and she said, you know, I still remember the day that this woman got up and her husband had been killed by a drunk driver and she just talked about how much he she loved the drunk driver and in that moment in that service it became an extraordinary moment because she was sharing the love that God had did in her heart for this person I mean those are the stories that we hear about of murderers that killed a father but becomes a grandfather to a little kid literally a grandfather who killed his father, but they become so close because of love. We, we cannot forget that love is the foundation of who we believe in. And that's tricky. There's gray areas. But the point is that we need to come back to him every time and ask, this is how I'm going to end today. Um, you've heard this many, many times. It's how we close, we close services um, and this was, you know, that's why I love, I love preaching because God gives me these moments. Um, and he's like, look this up. And then literally every verse is basically lined up what I've learned and what I have been challenged about. Um, for this reason, I bow my knees. We're, I'll read it once and I'll read it one more and then, and then um, Andrew can... Come up. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. So we can't forget, <laughs> he was the extraordinary one. He didn't have to change form, but he did. From whom every family in heaven on earth is named. Do you hear this? You are named. He knows you. Your family is covered by him. He created you with a purpose, with a destiny. That according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, the power is to change you from the inside out so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth 
and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more, the unexpected, the extraordinary, than all we ever ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. I'm going to read it one more time, but listen to me. You are going to be okay. Do you hear me? I don't know what's going on in your life right now. I don't know what, if COVID has upset you. I don't know if situations are going on or relationships are being ruined or challenged or anything else. At the end of the day, there's one thing I ask my husband. and I say, is it going to be okay? And he always says, it's going to be okay. And do you know why I believe that? Because there's love. And when you know that Christ loves you, you know that there's nothing to worry about. Because he has your soul in mind. Nothing. Nothing can touch your soul. You don't have to worry about food because he says, I take care of the birds. We'll figure this out. You don't have to be scared because perfect love casts out all fear. It's going to be okay, and you need to hear that today. And I pray that as we walk out these doors that it wouldn't be something we think, but that we become part of us as believers in Christ. Do you want me to read it? Okay. Here we are. This is your blessing over you, and hopefully um, maybe some of us will see each other on Christmas Eve service. This is my blessing for you. For this reason, we bow our knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses even knowledge that you might be filled with the fullness of God. Now, to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we could ask or think according to the power at work within us, To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thanks, Katie. All right, everybody on this side, you can exit. Well, make sure you grab your painting before you go. Go and check and see if you won.